11, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 11, verses 22 through 24, says this. Have faith in God. Now, actually, in the Greek, the wording of that in the Greek is a little different. It says have faith in God, but in the Greek, go home and check me out. It means have the faith of God. Have the faith of God. So whatever God's faith is, that's the faith we're to have. That, that elevates us to a different realm of thinking. And we'll talk about that as we move along. Go throw yourself into the sea and do not doubt in your heart, but believe what you say will happen. It will be done for you. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Now, uh, there's a condition after that. I don't have it listed there, but it says when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Okay, now there's a condition right there for prayer. How effective can my praying be if I'm holding something against somebody in my spirit? How effective can my praying really be? And so Jesus is saying, well, you've got to forgive. In order for your prayers to be effective, you've got to forgive. So Mark 9.23 says... Mark 9, 23. Now, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture today. You're going to think you're in a scripture fest. And you're going to have to write down extra scriptures today. So be ready to write down extra scriptures. Mark 9, 23 says, If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes. Do you remember the mountain? So if you stand before the mountain and say, Be cast in the sea, we'll be cast in the sea. If that's the case, then uh, when's the last time you went to a mountain and you stood before it and said, go, jump into the sea? Uh, we need to think about that for just a moment. What the Lord, if it means, if the Lord comes to you someday and he says, go to a mountain and cast in the sea, have faith, then he'll do it. There'll be a volcano, or not a volcano, but an earthquake or something. It'll disappear. I heard of a missionary one time. They were in a very bad place, and they had this giant mountain that was in the way. And they had to pray. It was to save the lives of the people. It was an actual true story from a missionary. And this missionary stood there before the mountain, and eventually that mountain eroded away to save the people. I know it's an unbelievable story, but it nonetheless happened. It's in the archives of our information with the assemblies. Now, again, do we actually think that it's that easy just to say, I have faith without any accountability to what it means? We need to know what that means. Okay? What must be understood is that everything does not mean everything, right? If you can say, said Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes, everything is possible for him who believes, but does not necessarily mean everything that we can think of. There might be some unrealistic things. There might be blind faith. Hey, Lord, I believe you can do this. I have stood literally at funerals during the funeral services 
And I've actually prayed at times while waiting to get up to speak. I've actually prayed, Lord, I know you can raise that person today if it's your will. I've never seen the Lord do it yet, but I know the Lord raised the dead. And I know he's risen the dead now, today in our world. We hear stories about it. Who says that person can't rise from the dead right there in the casket? So I've even prayed because I have faith that God can do it. I really do have faith that God can. But faith in God, and I'm giving you an early show of this, and I'll end up with it, but faith in God must be based on God's will. God's will. And an example of that is in James 4, 3. That's a reference you may have to write in. In fact, all the references I'm going to give you now will be written in. James 4, 3 says, When you ask... You do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So one thing this says to us is that God is always looking at our heart. God is always looking at our heart. Do you know there's two ways that God looks at our heart? He, him alone, looks at our heart. He knows our motives. Number two, the word of God does in Hebrews where he separates the bone and the marrow, the sword and the spirit, to know the very intent and purposes of the heart. In Hebrews, it says that. He knows the intents and purposes of our heart. So the word of God exposes our heart. God exposes our God looks at our heart. The word looks at our heart. He wrote the word in a way that as we read it, it's looking at us inside for our adjustments, for the changes we need to make. Okay, now God listens to the prayers of the righteous, those who call on him in truth. Now, I want to show you that in scripture. In Psalms 34, 13 and 14, through 15 actually, uh, Psalms uh, 34, 13 and 14, and then uh, 15, I'll add that onto it. Keep your tongue from evil. And your lips from speaking lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Now, in this verse are six things that must happen. Six things that must take place. Oh, and by the way, verse 15, his ears are attentive to their cry. His ears are attentive to the cry. Who attends to our prayers. Who? God. So his ears, that's God's ears, are attentive to their cry. Who's their cry? What's the criteria of the cry he hears of his people? What's the criteria? You understand that? There's a criteria to why and to when God hears our prayers. And here it is. When you keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. You turn from evil and you do good. You seek peace and you pursue it. In other words, the ideal is that truth is not just knowing what is true. I read something in the Bible, I believe it's true. Oh, it's much more than that. Truth has to do with doing it. That's the pursuing part. Look at this. Don't speak evil. 
That's all kinds of evil things that can be spoken. You, you think of it, that's it. Don't lie. It's interesting that in this verse, he highlights and specifically one of those evil things. I find that interesting. Lying is one of the biggest sins in this country today. And lying is even among the believers. There were a lot of people who lied in the Bible. And they got in trouble for it, you know. You read the words, you see it. A lot of people lied in the Bible. You keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. He highlights that. Turn from evil, that's all kinds of evil, that's connected to keep your tongue from evil, and then the doing of evil were to not do. And remember I've said before, anything God takes away, anything God stops us from doing is not enough with God. It never has been enough with God. What God wants to have happen when he stops us from doing something evil or speaking lies and doing things that aren't good, he wants us to do what? Good. He wants us to counteract that with good behavior. Seek peace. Now that peace can be with God, spiritually. I need to be at peace with God. I'm sorry, Lord, I've done wrong. I want to be at peace with you. And peace with others. To be at peace. And just to have that inner peace, period, with God, with others, and internal peace, period. And here's the, here's the clencher. Pursue it. You know what that means? Do it. Truth, for faith to be active and for faith to be effective, it has to have truth behind it. And truth has to do with what we know and what we are and what we do. What we do. Must do good. Now there's myriads of ways to do good. So let's, let's just put more scripture to this. And uh, I'm going to go to Luke chapter uh, 18 and verse 14. Luke 18 and 14. All right. Luke 18, verse 14. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So if you look at the verses before that, it had to do with the... Uh, Pharisee who looked up and bragged to God about how great he was, and yet the sinner had his head bowed, and, and he was wanting God. He was repenting before God and wanted forgiveness. And who do you think walked away blessed? Who do you think walked away? Uh, and, it, and it had to do with the parable of the Pharisee and the, and the tax collector. All right? Now, that tells us that there must be a repentive and humble heart. If faith is going to work. If we're going to exercise our faith, we must have a repentive heart and a humble spirit. These are criterias for our faith to be effective. It's, it's, it's more than just saying today, I have faith. Yeah, I have faith. But am I repentive of my behavior? Am I humble before God? All right? So the Lord is near to all the, who call upon him. To all who call upon him in truth. True faith, by the way. And I heard a speaker at national television say this. He said, 
And he was a well-known speaker. You all know him. He said, faith is like having faith in faith. That was the most dangerous, erroneous teaching you could ever give out of Scripture. This gentleman took that to another level, to another degree that is not anywhere near Scripture. Because the Bible says in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. It doesn't say have faith in faith. Have faith in God. Have the faith of God. So God has given us a measure of faith, Romans 12 says. And so we exercise that measure of faith that God has given us. But to go and say that to have faith is to have faith in faith is super duper erroneous. Don't ever, ever fall for that erroneous teaching. It's nowhere to be found in Scripture. So, in 1 John chapter 3, verses 21 through 24, all right? 1 John chapter 3, verses 21 through 24. You, you can jot that down and uh, look it up here for you. All right, here we go. 1 John 3, 21 through 24. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us. Now, that, that has to do with we're not having any sense of wrong. There's no sense of being, being condemned by God's word. If we're not being condemned by something we're doing inappropriate. All right? If, if our hearts do not condemn us, and we have confidence before God, that's number two. Confidence before God. And receive from him anything we ask. Because, say, say because. Because, and here we go, once again, to the condition of effective faith. If we're going to exercise our faith in the words of God, then these are the conditions to exercise our faith. Because we keep his commands, and we do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another. So here's the command. That's why the word and, and is a conjunction. Don't, don't worry about the period at the word, in the word, to what pleases him. Forget the period and, and look at the word and. That's a conjunction. It brings two subjects together. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another. So we have to believe in the name of Jesus Christ, but you've got to love one another. You've got to love one another. You know, listen, uh, we can disagree on things in life. We can all disagree on any subject that comes up in this conversation. But that doesn't mean we don't keep loving each other. It doesn't mean we can't still love each other. And we, we may not like what people do, but we've got to love them because how are we going to win them to Christ if we don't love them into the kingdom? So we, they may not dis, we, may, we will disagree with a lot with the world, but we've got to love their soul because Jesus does. So we keep his commands to do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. Those who keep his, say those, <laughs> who keep his commands live in him. Those who keep his commands live in him, and he in them. 
And this is how we know that he believes in us. We know it by the spirit he gives us. So, do you see the, once again, do you see the condition for effective faith? If I'm going to have to exercise my faith, I'm going to have to be humble, I'm going to have to be repentive. I'm going to have to keep my tongue from speaking evil things. I've got to stay away from lying. There's no such thing as a white lie in the Bible, so don't try that one. And turn from evil, evil behavior. Make sure that we're replacing it with doing the right thing, seeking peace, and pursuing it. By exercising it, by living it. That's the truth that he was talking about in Psalms, uh, uh, yeah, Psalms 145.18. That was the truth he's talking about. What I believe, but what I do with what I believe. Which tells us I better learn a lot of what I'm to believe. Boy, this thing gets challenging, doesn't it? It's challenging. It gets, it gets complicated. When we start thinking about, well, I thought if I just pray, if I thought I just had faith, that's all good. But is everything else in place? Is everything else lined up to God's word so that my prayer is effective? Okay? So let's go to 1 John 5, 1 John 5, 14 and 15, 1 John 5, 14 and 15, and uh, here's what it says, and uh, the concluding affirmations that he writes here in John. He says, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, what does he do? He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Let me just read that again. It's so important. And then I'm going to give you a little hermeneutical lesson here. But this is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Can you imagine what the opposite of that means? Because you see, there's not a prayer you can't pray, but that God hears it. So is there a contradiction in the word? Sounds like there's a contradiction. There's not. Listen, I've read the Bible through many times. I'm reading it through again this year. And I'm just about done already. And let me tell you something, folks. Let me assure you, there, I've never found a contradiction in God's word. That when I read something that I had to question, what does that mean? When I did my research and dug into the Hebrew and the Greek, I don't dig into what people say. I dig into the Hebrew and the Greek in which the Bible was written. That's what I dig into. I've yet to find a contradiction. And I'll give you that little lesson. Maybe, maybe this is the time to give you that little lesson. You, you can go to a scripture in the Bible. We went to one that you, you, you know, pray and the Lord will hear you and you, it will be as you pray. Now, if that's the only verse I ever read, what's going to happen to my confidence and my belief in God if I'm not seeing answers to the prayers that I'm asking God to answer? What am I going to think? If I'm a younger Christian, and that's the only verse I've read, and I'm praying as a young Christian, I could get discouraged if I'd never heard from the Lord. And I could hear from the Lord, and he could do that. But there would be many things that he may not answer. What's going on here? Well, 
learn this little lesson of hermeneutics. Hermeneutics is the art and science of interpreting scripture. Uh, I, I have a teaching on it that I have given over the years. And it explains the 12 steps of understanding scripture. How do I understand scripture? It's very in-depth, very involved. And one of the points is, you must interpret scripture based on text, context, and greater context. So when you read a verse, that's your text. What are the verses saying before and after that in that chapter? In fact, what is that chapter saying that you're reading? That, that would be your context. So when you read a verse in there, you've got to read the verses before and the verses after to get the context. Now, take the subject of love. Oh my goodness, you can't just read one verse in the Bible on love and if you get, get the, all the understanding. You've got to have context, and you've got to have greater context. Well, greater context is the rest of the Bible, both Old and New Testament. So when you hear all these scriptures that said, pray and it will be done, pray and you will have it, you, there's a lot of verses like that. But then you get to this place in scripture, and it brings it all together into the greater context of all the scriptures that could explain how God answers prayer. And here it is. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So the answer to the question, yes, he hears every prayer, but the ideal of he hears us has to do with that means he's going to accept it. That means he's going to fulfill it. I'm hearing that prayer. That, that lines up with my will. My will as God. That lines up with my will for you. And if we know that he hears us, because he hears every prayer, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. So when I go to pray, I must learn to pray that his will be done because I have read all the scriptures. Hey, he saved this mountain. Oh, by the way, how might I apply that verse? If you say to this mountain, it shall be removed. The seed of faith, the size of a seed. You can say to this mountain, be removed, and it shall be removed. How could I apply that? I'll tell you how. My own personal mountains. I can apply that in my life. And I think that's an application that the Lord wanted us to see. Application. Notice, application. Because God can remove a mountain if he wants to. So we know that's the interpretation. But I think he wants us to know that, do you have mountains in front of you? Well, if you exercise faith and meet the criteria of faith, meet the criteria of prayer, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. I, I'm going to get just a little bold here, okay? And, and do not misread me. Understand the scripture, okay? If we are not getting a lot of answer to prayers, we might want to take a look at the accountability that's behind prayer. We might want to take a look at the accountability behind faith. 
What I'm saying is, neither one of us can walk out here today and just do as we please, setting aside what we know, do as we want to do, do as we feel to do, do as we think to do, and we can't understand why God doesn't answer prayer. We got to think about that if that's the case. That's my responsibility as a pastor to share that with all of us because we're in the all the, of us are in the same boat together. So are we understanding? And I want to give you another scripture. Let's say everything is in place. Let's go to James chapter four. James chapter four. And uh, verses 13 through 17. James chapter 4, verses 17, 13 through 17. Okay? It's talking about boasting about tomorrow. And I, and I, I think we are gonna, I think we are gonna be able to jump into our next point after all. So here we go. Now, listen who say, this is James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, will, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. I, I meant to bring a, a spray bottle today, and uh, I use it as an illustration and spray a mist, and you see it, and then it disappears. You ever, next time you use your Windex bottle or something at home, uh, just notice that mist. It's there for the moment. It's gone. That's the span of our life in light of eternity. Okay? That's what that means. You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Think about eternity. Think about that little spray. That's our life. It's amazing to think of that. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will. You know, as a young person growing up, I was in a very strong teaching church, very biblical, strong teaching church. And I had to learn the difference between when I would pray for somebody. And I remember one time I was at a Friday night prayer meeting and we were praying for a gentleman in our church that had cancer. He was a deacon in our church, a wonderful man of God, just a wonderful pillar in the church a saint of God, and uh, he had cancer. And in that circle of people that Friday night, we were praying, he wasn't there, but we were praying for him. Someone gave a word that said he will be healed. And he died. And I had to wrestle with this because a lot of times, People have these words from the Lord, but then the Lord does just the opposite of what the word was. So I, you, I have no alternative as I matured and grew in the, Lord, in the Lord and in the word over the years. I had to conclude that that was somebody's desire to have happen and not a legitimate word from the Lord because there have been those words from the Lord that did happen. And the book of Jeremiah is very strong on this subject. Very, very strong. God was very strong about when I speak, he says, it happens. When they speak, 
It never happens. So God is saying, when I say something's going to be, it's going to be. And it never happened with this gentleman. It's a great loss to the church. And, uh, but then here, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that as it is. You boast in your arrogant schemes. All boasting is evil. So then if you know the good you ought to do and don't do it, you sin. All right? Let's, let's jump into the next one. Boasting blocks the blessing. <laughs> Boasting blocks the blessing. It is evil. Boasting is evil. Not doing the good we ought to do causes us to what? Guess. Go and guess with me. Not doing the good we ought to do causes us to sin. Think about it. He that knoweth the good and doeth it not to him in a sin. And, and you need to understand the Greek word for sin here in the original means missing the mark. Paul, uh, in, in writing the scripture, when he talked about this in, in the book that was written, that it was likened to a bow and arrow. Back in the Bible days, they had archery too. And the point was, it was, they likened it to hitting the bullseye when they shot the arrow. And if you missed the bullseye, they would call it missing the mark. So what the writer was saying was that if you don't do the good you're supposed to, then it is sin. That means what that meant was you missed your mark. You missed the mark. You got sidetracked. You got off track. You missed the mark, the bullseye. And that was called sin. And sin will always block the acts of obedience. Think about it. It will block the acts of obedience. You know why? Because it was disobedient when we sinned. That's disobedience. He that knoweth the good, do the not to him. It is sin. That's disobedience. So sin blocks the acts of obedience. And exercising our faith in the word that he, God knows, is to walk in obedience. Exercising our faith in the word that he, God knows, is to walk in obedience. Sounds like a lot, but listen, don't be afraid to obey. Let's not be afraid of the lesson today in Sunday school was about a lot of times I heard uh, my brother talk about the word called obedience. He mentioned it several times in the lesson. Don't be afraid to obey. Did, did we think we could just have faith and pray with no accountability? I, I remember one time uh, a lady was boasting to me of how God meets her needs and he provides for them. And she was able to get a new table and the Lord provided. And I listened to her only to find out that she never tithed. I think it's an indictment against God to give God credit for something without accountability for God to give you that blessing. I think that's an indictment against God. Now, can, can I, you know how, let me tell you something, just so you don't think I'm contradicting myself, I'm putting myself out there like I'm talking a contradiction. 
I pray, God, bless the businesses that you approve of. And make it hard on the businesses, Lord, that you don't approve of. And let the wealth of the world become the wealth of the church. Just like you did when they came out of the land of Egypt. Provide for your church today, Lord. And I think it's dangerous that we go around giving God credit for something that we didn't do to cause that blessing to become a part of our lives. Can God still bless the unbeliever? Yeah, because he can use that to lure them to him. But to think that as a believer, that I don't have to give what belongs to the Lord, and yet I'm going to give him credit for all the blessings. No, I think those blessings came from the hard work that you did and the money you made, maybe. But I'd be real careful about giving God credit for something that you didn't invest in to receive. I always tell people that heaven is the greatest bank. I invest my money in heaven. And they say, what do you mean? They vag me, what do you mean? Well, as I give my tithes and offerings over the years, I put it in the best bank I know that has the best interest that I know. Because you can never outgive God. And he has a way of giving you a double blessing of portion back. And he said, well, I not open the windows of heaven and bless you with blessing you cannot contain. Malachi, I open up the windows of blessing. So I learned as a child to give my tithes and my offerings. I followed the example of my parents uh, who gave way big over the years. And I followed their example. So... Uh, Exercising our faith in the word he knows is to walk in obedience. Here's the question we want to think about today and we need to pray about today. Are we walking in obedience? By exercising our faith, by having accountability to the truth, by being repentive, by being humble, by being forgiving, by making sure that our prayer the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person, James 5, 16, availeth much. So that when we pray, we learn to pray according to his will. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. It's not wrong. Listen, I had a man say to me one time, he said to me, Pastor, I disagree with your teaching. How's that? He said, well... You talk about having your will, the will of God being done. I believe that we tell God what we want. That we have faith in God. Praying God's will is a weak prayer. It's a faithless prayer. And I said to him, I said, brother, let me get one thing straight with you. I think that to pray God's will to be done takes more faith than your faith. Because your faith says what you want. But what I get as an answer back by praying God's will is what God wanted. And not what I want, but what God wants. Because God sees the bigger picture. He knows what I don't know. He sees what I don't see. He knows what's coming, what I don't know what's coming. So when I pray according to his will, it takes more faith to trust God and his will to be done than just to have faith to believe that God will do something. We... I disagreed on that. He eventually left the church. <laughs> and we kept on preaching what the Bible says. That's why we have to stick to the word. And don't ever...
go to God in prayer without faith. Make sure you say, Lord, I have faith. You can do this and that. You know what I want. I'm making my petitions known. But God, we want your will to be done. Because it's another whole sermon, but I'll just capsulize it this way. God collects all of our prayers. I never think my one prayer where there's an answer to a big thing. I never think my one prayer topped it over. It did it. Ah, ah. My prayer did it. No, there was probably 10,000 prayers for that same subject going on. And that God took all those prayers and he saw the time, his time, to do it. So never stop praying. Never stop believing. Always pray for his will to be done. And trust God because if we're living the truth by knowing it and living it, God will come through in his time. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, God, for your presence that's been in this service today. And Lord, we just ask, God, that you will continue to bless this church and use this church. We pray, God, that as we leave here today, that we will exercise our faith and that, Lord, we will make sure that our lies line up to the word of God and truth and belief and action. Lord, I pray to touch each and every one, give them an awesome week. Help us all to make a difference for you in the kingdom. Every day we wake up, Lord, let it be a prayer. Lord, help us to make a difference for you in the kingdom. And we'll be careful to give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. And all God's people prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next week.